Welcome to electionspeakers.com, a nonpartisan analysis of the speaking skills of major political candidates and others affecting your voting decisions. Here are your hosts for electionspeakers.com, Lori Schloff and Dr. Dennis Becker. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Dennis Becker, and this is electionspeakers.com, a place to hear unique critique of the speaking styles of candidates and others who are part of this year's presidential campaign. And today is Monday, October the 13th, 22 days before Election Day, and of course two days before the final presidential debate. So today we're going to be talking about that, and of course we'll be talking about the debate that took place just this past week the second presidential campaign debate, and many other things. So joining us today, let's find out who's with us. From right to left around the radio dial is my co-host, author, professional speech coach, Lori Schlaff. Hello, Dennis. And I'm going to skip by our next guest because he's special. (laughs) And right next to him is another professional speech coach, the famous Monica Murphy. Welcome. Thank you, Dennis. And our special guest today, back by popular request, I should say, uh, is Eric Polly, who was w- and Eric was uh, Eric is a political science. Uh, se- you senior, right? Yes, senior, senior right now. Ta- Merrimack College had to be. Sounds like a senior when he talks. You'll know what I mean when you hear him. The guy is on the ball. So he's uh, he's sort of leaning Republican, and today I think he feels in a very Republican mood. So we'll we'll hear as we go along. He looks Republican today. Yeah, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> He it was, was a tough. It was a tough weekend uh, to be a Republican here. Oh boy! With, uh, I bet. What's been going on on the campaign trail and some of the allegations against John McCain and some of the Republicans by the New York Times and some media outlets. So on. Mm. It's a uh, tough weekend to be. Oh, a Republican. he's ready, folks. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I can hear it. All right, uh, Lori, let's turn it over to you. What else is on our topics okay. for today? Hey. Well, of course, I think we're all post the second debate and getting very close to the third and last presidential debate. So we'll definitely cue that up, see what's going to be happening. But did anybody notice anything happening on the campaign trail this Mm. week? Any quick perceptions? I know it sounds like, Eric, you have a lot on your mind about how how John McCain was perceived and and maybe how he behaved. So maybe we'll start with that. And then we can bring up a whole bunch of topics related Mm -hmm. to how... Uh, speech experts are viewing the candidates. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I know what we want to be looking for. Over the um, over the past weekend, there's been a lot of comments from uh, different newspapers. Um, I know John Lewis from the New York Times wrote that um, that he's a Georgia Democrat. He stated that the tone of uh, the campaign reminds him of a hateful atmosphere that segregationist George Wallace mm-hmm. fostered. I mean, I a f- the way I see this is the way I interpreted this. A few people at the campaign, said things at a campaign rally, a town hall meeting, said things that they shouldn't have. They were ignorant comments, but the media is making this out to be like a World War III. I mean, it is insane some of the things that are coming out here um, with this. I know I listened to the, the, the different sound bites here, uh, the, the clips of these, and what, what I got out of it was that, oh, that a few Obama, a few McCain people said, let's kill him. That's what That's what was said. They weren't talking about Obama. Shouldn't have been said, but they were talking about a reference Sarah Palin made to William Ayers. Right. Now, Who's the ex-terrorist and supposed acquaintance. And and somebody said he was scared. Somebody said he was scared of what's going on uh, of an Obama presidency. He he, he said, I'm scared of a Barack Obama presidency. Hmm. I don't think that's racist. Maybe it's the way well, I interpret well, also, it. Also, let's but, really clearly differentiate right. for our listeners between what an audience says and what the candidates say. Right, right, so, exactly. So right. how did John McCain 
I thought John McCain handled this. I thought he handled it great. The way he said he he said that there's no reason to be scared of a Barack Obama presidency. He's a good man. He's a good family man, and he and he'd make a he'd make a good leader. He didn't say it in those exact same (laughs) words, but very close. I actually have them written down here. And Mm -hmm. uh, he said he would Mm -hmm. be a good president, uh, or he would not be a president to be scared Scared of. Exactly. He said he'd be a better president than Barack Obama. But Mm -hmm. uh, I thought he handled it. Um, fine, the, from what yeah. was said, and I do think it has been overblown. I think that a lot of Barack Obama people yeah. have been just as bad or worse to Sarah Palin. Last week at a rally, they said, "Let's stone her." Oh my God! I mean, so we have to take, we have to look at both sides of this issue um, and say, I mean, if you go on the blogging, and I do some blogging, look at some um, campaign blogs, Sarah Palin has been harassed. By a lot of Obama people, so I yeah. think it goes both ways here. Are, it's a vicious campaign. These are good points, and right. I, as a per- human being, I I feel upset about it. No, it I is. Don't, it, it I, I really process. feel upset about right. it that right. well, we're let, away let, from issues. So, so calm me down, Dennis. A little bit of a little yeah. bit of perspective, yeah. this because John Lewis is a guy yeah. who is uh, a Democrat from Georgia, right. but he's a guy. What makes his commentary significant is he's a guy who was literally in. The George Wallace era, the Martin Luther King era, the Selma, Alabama era. He was one of the ones who marched across the bridge in Selma, Alabama. He's a black man who felt that era in our history in a kind of a unique way, I suspect. So what he's commenting on is the aura, the temperament, the mood, the feeling, the atmosphere that's been created in this election. And uh, although his comments seem to be spurred and directed mostly at uh, Sarah Palin and the McCain group. Yeah, he's a Democrat, after all. Uh, he, he, I think, raises a good point that in any campaign, particularly in this one, I, as I re- remember the others, it is really negative for anybody to create an atmosphere that feels like, I want to kill the other guy, or I feel so frightened if he or she is elected. And I think what he's referring to is in the days of George Wallace, that was the feeling that a lot of people had. That if George Wallace was elected or if the, uh, the racist atmosphere at that time was racist, if that atmosphere isn't curtailed, the country is going to go in a very bad direction. Now, if you take the word racist out and put the word terrorist in, we're sort of in the same era. I think that's what he was, the point he was making. I don't know if I agree with him completely, but the point he was making was that both sides with all of this back and forth about the negative ads have created somewhat of a feeling of negativism similar to what he experienced at that time. Right. So what what do people do in communication? This is a simplistic question, but since our focus is on communication, what do people do in communication that is negative or can create hate? I mean, it's a very worthwhile topic well, for I, all of us, I'll, no matter what age. It's Monica. I'll jump in Hi, and Monica. say that... Um, One of our coaches. One of the things that I have found crazy is at this time during the election, at this stage of the election, this is what's to be expected. If you don't start with some sort of mudslinging or dragging dirt through, then you don't look as strong as a candidate. Now, I'm not saying that these came from the actual campaigns, but what I am saying is where we do focus so closely on language, and both of these candidates are very articulate... You know, we're paying attention. So when somebody from an audience, like you said, yells something or uses language like hateful or let's stone her or some of those kinds of things, that gets a crowd mentality going. Yeah, it's scary. It says a lot to two things, language and timing. Mm. The language is so emotionally charged that when you're with an emotional crowd, 
and you use that kind of language, immediately they'll jump on the bandwagon. The second thing is look at the timing for those meetings for when those things were said. Time had gone by, people were getting a little restless, the crowd was starting to mm-hmm, bubble, mm-hmm. then somebody burst something out. It's it's just that absolute mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really very difficult. We know as coaches, it's not very difficult to move. Let's talk about language for a second. It starts out very nice. You have an audience, okay? And then depending on the way the speaker moves them, that audience becomes a crowd. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it's the same gathering, of same number of people, same environment, everything, but they've been changed from an audience That's to right. a crowd. Move it along a little bit further in the, in the evening or whatever it is, that crowd can easily become a mob Mm -hmm. and that mob then can be turned into an angry mob Mm -hmm. all of which started out very politely with an audience of people coming in to hear blah 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 and then because the speaker has been able to rile them in such a way using what language Mm -hmm. words speech is able to move an audience to become a crowd a crowd to become a mob a mob to become an angry mob and then if you want to you can really activate them to do things such wow. as bomb or turn mm. over a car or burn a church mm-hmm. or whatever it is mm-hmm. it, we have many many accounts in history of how a speaker has been able to do this with a group of people so it's not unusual that this happens right. and this campaign is nothing more than what we've seen forever yeah, and i do have to give john mccain credit i thought he did a great job of Calming down the crowd. Right. He was even booed for he it. He was booed for He doing was it. booed by his own people. I right. mean, it really was twisted. It was very twisted. Right. It was. Yeah, he was calming them down, reassuring them that Obama was okay. They were booing him. He stopped them, took the microphone away from the lady who said something, you know, said he was off an target. Arrow. Right. No, an uh, ignorant. Yeah, I, I, yes. but I what didn't if, want to say it. What if? All of this was partially staged by the McCain campaign to show him able to handle spontaneous situations. I'm just putting it out there. Didn't think of that. What made you think of that, though? (laughs) You just don't know. You don't know the strategery, as the word was once (laughs) complicated with our former president. Okay, well, maybe I'm naive, but I I would give McCain points here. Because he he handled it beautifully, and then look what happened. Now he's very favorable. That's a good, good strategic oh, He just scored points. He, he I didn't turn me over. Well, yes. no, right. Politics necessarily. I don't, that, but I do feel that most of the people in his audience were not. I think most McCain mm. supporters, one, one individual said that he was, again, scared of an Obama presidency. I don't think that was any, there was any racial undertone of no. that or, no, or no, anything. Just, I just think he was scared. He right. might be scared of, he might not like his policies on, mm-hmm. on you know, taxes or abortion or war. Right. And right. it's a very passionate campaign. I mean, this, is, this is the right time now, for it to be most very, passionate. 90% of Republicans are for their candidate. 90% of Democrats are for their candidate. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very passionate right now. Now, where this gets dangerous is not so much at those meetings where McCain took the microphone away from the woman who mm-hmm. said he was an Arab or the guy who said he was scared. Those people, think about it, those people, and they were more or less in the front row. Mm-hmm. Right. How passionate do you have to be to go to a political rally for right. a guy you like and get into the front row? Front you row. got to really be right. pretty passionate, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. These are the hardcore. Yeah, yeah. These are the she hard was there all night. <laughs> right, fine. Or have a security right. badge and be snuck up there. Oh, okay. yeah. so, That's right. <laughs> he, he takes the microphone away, does what he does, scores some points yeah. and so forth. Now, those folks don't concern me. What concerns me is... The people who hear this, who mm-hmm. see this, who would never go to one of these things, who for whatever reasons can't go to them, they're far away or whatever, these are hardcore, passionate people who may hold on to views mm-hmm. such as he's an Arab or the other kind. They hold on to it and don't. they don't get refuted. 
and the, and it's on either side of the campaign. Either right. side of the campaign. People right. who think McCain is too old, they see him doddering around, and Saturday Night Live makes fun of him <laughs> yeah. doddering around. Okay, either side, there's always going to be that hardcore people that don't go to the the, 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 uh, the rallies, but who are people who are going to stick to those things. Those are the ones who frighten me, who stick to those theories, those feelings. Those are the ones who could get out and become the McVeighs of the world and go out and yeah. bomb a bill. We, we, we are certainly teeter-tottering on communication that mm -hmm. can be inciting Very uh, riots. And to me, as a sensitive person, I was going to say woman, but no <laughs> need to say that, it's a little frightening uh, to people but who are But are you moved more to action than you were before? No! I'm moved to an emotion mm -hmm. that I wasn't at before. Mm -hmm. I'd like to feel more logical when I'm looking at candidates. Right. And yeah. can I, you can get into mm -hmm. how did the candidates do this week? I'm drawn style-wise to o Obama and Biden this week. Why? Because they make me feel good. Mm -hmm. Obama's steady and smooth. He's just r riding the crest of his wave. Biden, Biden's Biden. He's kind of a joy to watch. You, re you know, he loves going off script. I heard him say, stop the teleprompter. He's, he's a riot. He's mm -hmm. really a riot. He just hates staying on script, and that's, that's very endearing. Now he's appearing with two people who now seem like old-fashioned conservative types, the Clintons. Mm -hmm. So that can engender kind of a, a feeling of calm. Mm -hmm. And so when... Um, I'm just talking purely from a gut emotional point of view. What was easier to watch, more comfortable to watch, more security-inducing to watch? Definitely Obama and Biden. Yeah, Biden but if you, if you were a week. person who held the strong kind of feelings that Sarah Palin mm -hmm. is, is speaking of, mm -hmm. here is a woman who is, mm -hmm. an I think, an incredibly good speaker. She really hits yeah. the target when she speaks. She knows the group she's talking mm -hmm. to. She knows the language they refer to. She's got the pacing, the articulation, mm -hmm. the facial expression. She works in a crowd. And if you're a person who feels that way, you could repeat the exact same thing you just said, Lori, except substitute uh, Palin for Biden. Though so many Republicans are not, are everyone right. pretty much is agreeing she's a good communicator, but many people, including Republicans, tell me if I'm wrong, Eric, are a little concerned about her as a leader. And may well, I make a very well, okay, specific that's... comment about her speech? And this, these two things happened to me as a speech expert one week. I listened to Sarah Palin, and I noticed her voice pitch was higher than it had been at the beginning of the campaign. Mm -hmm. And then, this was just a strange coincidence, and you're, you're going to get a laugh out of this, I then looked at my news for the day. A, study, a research study had just came, come out that women are, in fact, higher pitched at ovulation. Mm -hmm. I think we're in trouble. Oh, well, listening, <laughs> listening to Palin as a conservative mm -hmm. um, makes you feel great. Some of the, all mm -hmm. of her, I mean, mm -hmm. all of her talking points, everything she, mm -hmm. she discusses, all of her views and the way she expresses herself, Republicans mm -hmm. love that. So in terms of Palin, I think she's very similar mm -hmm. to Biden, mm -hmm. where I think honestly in this, especially after watching the vice presidential debate, the VP candidates sometime, um, right now are the better speakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sarah Palin is a much better communicator than John McCain. John McCain's campaign doesn't have a clear path. Mm -hmm. Right now they're talking about a new economic plan. Mm -hmm. the, the campaign managers should be, should be fired or ousted. Mm -hmm. or, the campaign mm -hmm. right now is in, uh, there's, there's no clear path. You listen to John mm -hmm. McCain, you don't feel there's answers to all the questions that we face. And, you know, you watch Barack Obama, you see the hope signs, the change signs. They're talking about their policies, their ads focus more on their policies. So I think right now there is more hope with that. 
with mm-hmm. the Obama Biden campaign than there is listening to John McCain. But I think Sarah Palin has helped the camp has helped oh. John McCain more than hurt the campaign. Oh, definitely. definitely. I think ever since uh, Mc- I, look, McCain's a pretty good guy from a from a pers- personal perspective, if I may, for just a moment. I like the guy. And I thought, you know, over the years, I've liked his sort of, mm-hmm. to use his word, his maverick approach to things. Not a bad guy. Okay. Now, when he, his campaign was going along sort of slowly, not making a lot of headway. They weren't making a big grab. Obama was the new kid on the block and making all the big splash. All of a sudden, Steve Schmidt comes into the picture. Okay. Steve Schmidt is the cam- campaign now the manager. campaign manager, the guy who's heading up. Uh, uh, McCain's campaign. Mm-hmm. He comes over. Look at Steve Spitt. Here's the guy who comes over from Carl Rove. Mm-hmm. Carl Rove is the guy who ran George Bush's campaign. Mm-hmm. What beach, What did Bush use to beat Kerry? Swift boating. Okay, the sort of negative advertising and yep. so Who ran that? Carl Rove and Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt now comes over to McCain. Ever since that week that he came over, the campaign has gone negative. A lot mm-hmm. more negative ads. And McCain has had, I think, a drop in opinion, except for the folks, as Eric was saying, who are strongly conservative and who right. like that kind of a thing. Right. But the, Mc, the campaign's the, the, lost the, its since way. For a while, the, the, the campaign did not go negative. There wasn't, yeah. it didn't run negative. Then there was the, the Billy, the William Ayers ads, which, as a Republican, I thought would be effective. But they've proven not to work. I think in any other time, when, when, when there's no economic crisis, they might work. But right now, Americans have way too much other things mm-hmm. to worry about other mm-hmm. than, than, than Billy Ayers and, and Reverend Wright. The right. McCain campaign needs to stay, stick to policy, what they're going to do. And they, but before, that's what they stuck to. What John McCain has done in the past, and he has been in the Senate for, he has much more experience than Barack Obama. You've got to use that experience. You've got to use that experience argument uh, in your campaign. And he's not doing that. Instead, he's going consistently negative on Obama. And I think in any other time it would work. But right now, with the economic crisis, it's not working. You know, from a speech standpoint, when he does use it, Eric, when he does use his experience arguments and talks about specific right. things that happens, he does fine until the Steve Schmidt-isms kick in and mm-hmm. he makes a nasty comment about Obama. About I did Obama. this and I did that and this was this right. and we did that, but not that one. Right, or some other kind one. of right. a snide comment. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there goes all of his credibility, in my view. Right. He has yeah. to stick. He has to stick more to policy. What is he going mm-hmm. to do? Uh, and that's mm-hmm. been a problem in the debates. He doesn't talk about what he's going to do. Okay. Barack Obama talks about what he will do, and that was the problem in the second in the mm-hmm. second debate. Um, and McCain says, "I did this with Joe Lieberman. I did that with Joe Lieberman. I did this with Tip O'Neill. I did." And he mentions mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things that he has done. But he, right. again, mention what you've done, but mention also what you're going to do. Right. Barack Obama has done a great job of even in his ads recently. There's been no negativity in his ads. No. He's been sticking directly to policy. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see on the bottom of the of his ad, go to his website to read his policies. Mm-hmm. So he's very he's, he's telling the American public what he's going to do, which is why right. he's you know establishing himself with those independent yeah. voters, middle you're, of the road voters. You're saying a lot of things we teach our clients as speech right. coaches. For right. example, um, Obama seems to have started his whole campaign whenever it was two years ago with. Right an emotional connection, and mm-hmm. that built with the Oprah thing and all that. But right. now, what I'm hearing you say, and I've observed it myself, yep. he's more logical. Right. People were asking for it, but now they're even ready to hear his well, logic. For, well, for a while, there was, yeah. in the Democratic campaign, that was mm-hmm. the, that was the, that's why he lost eight of the last ten primaries, is because Hillary Clinton had substance. She had a lot of policies. Barack Obama, he was sticking to the change, the change, hope, all those ideas. Now, he does have, since he made the speech at the Democratic convention, he's had 
laid out policies, mm -hmm. and that has helped him, I think, in the polls. John McCain's right. gone away from that, gone to the negative right. campaign, right. and it hasn't worked. Well, if you think about it, not only managing your political strategy but about getting out the vote and all that, but managing your communication, right. how you as a human being communicate, that right. seems to be something he's done and pretty that's, darn well that's for what someone I've who was seen. unknown. <laughs> Monica, yeah. thoughts about that? Well, that's what I've seen transitioning, as Eric said, through the campaign. And one of the things we talk about as speech coaches, and I believe we've had it on before, is we talk about different modes of persuasion and how can you persuade people in the most effective way. And as Lori said, at first when Obama came on this on, on scene here, he was using some more of an emotional appeal. He was on Oprah. He was likable. The words right. were warm. Then he's moved to building a level of what we would call his ethos or credibility. Well, John McCain certainly has a level of ethos yeah, or credibility right, right. with his war time right. and all of his other things. And now what we've seen is the third component is a use of logic. People are persuaded by the use of if something's in a logical flow. Right. What we're seeing now is the Obama campaign is putting a quote-unquote logical flow to what his policies are. They're not staying... Um, they're not using a lot of emotionally charged language. Yeah. They're using, uh, making him seem still more likable and consistent. What we're seeing in the in the McCain campaign, as you mentioned, with with Schmidt, is more emotionally charged language, more pathos. It's getting people to feel in a certain way, and it's forcing us to move a little bit away from the logic of what his policies are. Like you said, what right. are the follow-out plans? Right. And as a result of that, his ethos or credibility is going down a little bit, so we can see the pattern from a communication standpoint, of what he needs to put back in. More logic, focus on his ethos, stay away from too emotionally charged language, no matter right. what he's being... I mean, his, like you said, I think his campaign is perhaps directing him in the wrong way. Although I will say this, this is the time where people who are unsure pay attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And when yeah, you say something with language that gives me an emotion, I moved much faster right. than if you use... A logical argument. At right. this point in the campaign, I think people are looking for how they feel more than the logic of what makes sense because so much is going on in our society. We're reacting to everything. Right. And so I think the emotionally charged language that we're seeing right now is very strategic, and that really is where people are going to put their final foot to decide so, where they vote. Let me see if I understand this totally. So playing on people's insecurity and fears as opposed to what I presented as another option, which mm -hmm. is hearing someone steady and secure is right. appealing. Yes. I mean, it seems yes. like there's different kinds of appeal. We're That's all right. very different as human beings, and we're all at a different place in our lives mm -hmm. right. relative to how the economy but is But both of us. the things that you and I are saying are based on the same thing. How a person feels. What's the emotion mm -hmm. that they feel? And certainly we know, just look at television ads, right. the fastest way to motivate a group of people is through having an emotional response to motivate so, them. But it's a question of what emotion. That's right. In other words, that's what the campaigns and, are thinking and about. And the Obama ads have done about. a great job of dealing with hope about how yeah. different, different policies, they're very light, they talk about what he's going to do. The McCain ads I don't know about... They're terrible. They're oh, depressing. Geez. And this is from they're, a Republican. Right, and they're, they're, they're dark and oh, they're disturbing, I think. So what, they, what emotion is that appealing to? It, um, it appeals to the hardcore right-wingers, which is not going to win you the election. All right, but let me no. jump in with one point to that part, and let me compare Sarah Palin to Carrie Healy, who, who <laughs> of course, is our former lieutenant governor with Mitt right. Romney. And, um, in, in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts right. here. Show. Uh, and certainly <laughs> as, and I, we, we've certainly had the ability to work, work with her, and as women who are trying to catch attention, they have to, we have to be, we, they have to be very strategic for what techniques you use to capture attention. Right. If you use 
too much logic, you're insensitive. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. you use too much ethos, your ego's too big to lead. If you use too much emotion... Well, then you're showing us your quote-unquote talent portion, and you're and you're bringing you know there's a, there's something fun to pick at. So, but if you take a look at the difference here, one of the things that Palin does very well is she does put in a wonderful use of emotion. Right. She does use um, language that creates a feeling. She does tilt her head so that her right. nonverbal communication, her eye contact, her smiling is extremely effective yeah, yeah. Another in technique. catching attention there. I heard a great technique that she used. I was very captivated. She told the story of her decision-making related to her Down syndrome child. Not that she ever oh, didn't have an that. abortion, but mm-hmm. what was going through her heart and head. She told it, I would say, the way I'd describe it, that was a huge rally, it was sort of woman to woman. I was really captivated by what she was, was going through. And that technique, by the way, is called self-disclosure. <laughs> That's right. When you share personal things about yourself for a reason... Mm-hmm. Yep. She does a great job. Of gr- I'm too tired to think of what the reason was. <laughs> she yeah. does a great job of grabbing an audience and bringing them in and getting them excited. About, and we expect about that from female speakers, right. regardless of what anybody around the table will say here. Right. If a female running for a position cannot show the appropriate in quotes level of emotion, a la Hillary Clinton, a la Hillary Clinton, <laughs> we can't bond with them in a in a way mm-hmm. that needs to happen for the path yeah, to be but successful. You see what, what's happened with with uh, Palin? Mm-hmm is that I think she's gone too far in that direction. Mm. And and particularly this time in, in our history, because we are facing the greatest financial crisis we've had since the 30s, and people are are already scared mm. of things. Right. And she has exacerbated that with her emotional, her pathos, as Monica that's, says, that she's brought in. Okay, fine, she can bring it in. But what she hasn't done... And Eric, I'd be interested from a Republican perspective. What it seems to me, what she hasn't done, is balance that pathos, that emotion, yes, with some logos or logic, mm-hmm. right? Because when I hear her, it seems all I ever hear are the same talking right. points, and they're right. always negative about Obama and terrorism and so forth. Right. So doesn't she have to balance this with some logic? Because after all, she's a heartbeat away, right? I think she's been more of the attack dog, though, in this case. That's what she's I think been brought that in is for. Her role. Um, as an attack dog. I don't think she's the substance person. I think right. that's John McCain's role, to be the substance person. But he's, he's p- not doing that. But that is, that is his role. Sarah Palin is supposed to be getting the, the base excited and bringing right. up the negatives of Obama. And I think she did a, I think she's doing a much better job at her role than John McCain, than John McCain is at his. But she doesn't need, I don't think, to bring up as much of the... Um, I think she's doing a good job at the emotional level. Yeah, but the added challenge that she has that, let's say, Biden doesn't have is (laughs) that her partner is 72 years old. Right. And there's an inherent danger there that is not inherent, at least in the Obama presidency. Well, I think that people... People need to know she can handle it if the guy drops over. I, I think people should look at her record, though. She has been an executive. She's run things. She's been mayor. She's been governor. And she, I think she has just as much experience as Barack Obama, who's accomplished nothing in four years in the Senate besides running for president. And he hasn't, there's not one piece of legislation attached to his name. So I think Republicans are very secure with mm-hmm. her if she had to step in that role. But I think she should have a little bit more substance behind her message now, so the middle-of-the-road voters mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. Um, understand All right, Now, we've lead. been very kind to Sarah today on this program. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that over this past week. One of the most astounding, to me, one of the most astonishing things that's been reported is a report that appeared on Salon.com, where they researched her 
uh, her her past and found that she was in fact a member of the Alaskan Independence Party, the one that right. wants to secede from the United States, the one that thinks the American flag should be burned. I mean, he's the guy, the founder of the uh, AIP, American Alaskan Independence Party, is a guy who said he'd never want to be buried under the American flag. She belonged to the party. As, as recent as a month ago, she cited as saying at a speech to them, good luck, you guys are on the right track. She does, she's not a member anymore, I know. Her right, husband was right. a member for seven years. But we've given her a break on that. Why? Why have we let her slide on that? Well, I don't know. I, I think that if it was a legitimate issue, then the, the New York Times and MSNBCs of the world would have hit upon that with this whole, the, the whole trooper gate issue that's mm -hmm. been going on as well. Yeah. That is a minor issue. Right. Minor she fired, issue. She fired yeah. um, someone who... I admire her who, for what she did there. Yes, I mean... Wait a minute. Her, she, her, they, her, they just discovered about three or four days ago that she officially abused her no, power. I, I admired that. Her father you was... Yeah. Someone threatened to kill... I'll tell you why Someone minute. threatened to kill her father, correct? Wasn't that one of the... Well, in other words, what I'm saying is I'm purposely trying right. to be provocative. Right. Because in some people mm -hmm. who are emotionally driven yeah. right. put the health and well-being of their family above their right. their role. Right, right, and right. I feel that's what yep. she did in yep, protecting right. her nephew, well, who was being tasered right, by exactly. this man, right. mm -hmm. who admitted I, that. I, agree. I, uh, so, I agree. So this, so and a I, lot I, of them... Yes. And uh, would it have, gotten, into, would it, going would it have gotten the same coverage if this was a man who, right. who did this? Can I mean, you, come on. Can you imagine if John McCain made his campaign announcement from, like, Timothy McVeigh's house? Literally, that's how uh, I'm looking. I think this Billy Ayers connection <laughs> is. I'm so, I think this Billy Ayers connection is uh, has not been talked about by the media. It should be touched upon. This Rev Reverend Wright, two days after 9/11, made comments that were that he said, "God damn yeah, America." Yeah, yeah. And I believe me, I've heard that enough the on the radio. Hasn't touched upon that. Right. I think this Troopergate issue is a non-issue. Yeah, come and on. I think it's it's Move on. on. And the, 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 the Obama kid did the same thing with Hillary Clinton. They made this a gender racial right. issue, and they're doing it again with Sarah Palin and John McCain. All right, so All right. Dan, yeah. we've got there's, a lot to There's a lot to, to talk right? about. See how emotionally charged we yes, are. <laughs> just the volume. It's just us, and we're professionals on this. This, I mean, this debate is, on Wednesday night, coming two days from today, is mm -hmm. going to be very, very important mm -hmm. to all parties involved. Right. Everybody needs to know that these two guys either are very emotional, very logical, can handle the emotion, can handle the logic, can handle the issues that we all face. It's obviously a very important debate this particular time. And it's only two days from today. Yeah, it's different, and too, right, mm -hmm. than the town hall. It's a little bit different. Uh, this time they'll both be seated behind tables. Mm -hmm. right. And uh, they'll get questions, but they won't have the opportunity. At least this is the plan, because none of the plans have worked anyway. <laughs> right. All right. the debates have been changed anyway. Right. Theoretically, they're not going to have the chance to talk back and forth with each other. That's we'll not see. what I heard. I heard that Bob Schieffer's going to encourage them to stay on track to stay and to question track. each other. And each answer is going to be ten minutes long. Really? Well, Those are yeah. the longer answers. I think wow. it's, it's more like the Saddleback. No, 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 no not each answer. There are nine ten-minute segments. Yeah. That's the way it is. Well, but it's an interaction. And, and right. Hopefully, he is going to be able to get mm. them to interact. Right. It didn't call for that in the beginning, yeah. but since uh, Brokaw mm -hmm. and uh, Eiffel have been unable right. to do it, he's going to give it a shot. Schieffer seems upset can. about this whole thing. Going, I heard yeah. him talk. going back to that, too, the last debate, I thought Tom Brokaw, I don't know if you noticed mm -hmm. it, I thought Tom, Tom Brokaw did a terrible job of bringing the Couldn't candidates do it. in. Didn't I do it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> they were unruly. Yeah, because your <laughs> candidate was not respectful in his behavior. Oh, he, he was, was, he was terrible. He was, he was, he was, was not He was absolutely terrible. Well, he has to come out on, this This is his last chance to show something to the yeah. American public, and yeah. he really has to throw a Hail Mary here. He can't play it yeah. safe like yeah. he's tied or ahead in the mm -hmm, polls anymore. Mm -hmm. Obama can play it safe. 
Mm -hmm. John McCain can. He'll be consistent. Saturday Night Live did, mm -hmm. a, did the, oh. I thought, the best job of handling Mr. McCain's behavior, <laughs> wandering around. Oh, really? Around, as uh -huh. they usually was do Was he just with walking everybody. around? That gets getting oh, gosh, a lot so of comments. Mm -hmm. But it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they say next week mm -hmm. after this last debate. Yeah. You know, We'll be here to report well, on I, that, of course. A quick question on that, because all my acquaintances and friends are talking <laughs> about it. Was... McCain wandering around aimlessly, or did he in the he actual debate? in the last debate, or yes. did he have a reason for going where no, he, he was going? No, he didn't have any reason. Didn't that's didn't have any reason. No, he's okay. just walking around. Okay. He, it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> I mean, it was a terrible performance. It was, it was funny. terrible. Okay, <laughs> it, reminded, yeah. it reminded me of the time when Al Gore walked, just walked up right. to, uh, to George Bush and stood behind him and looked down at him. Oh, that was. Uh, yeah. Gore W. didn't know what to do. He reminded yeah. me of that sort of wandering around. Time. Right, right. Well, we'll be here to comment on it and report on it, certainly when it happens. So don't hesitate to join us again. Another two days from now, we'll be back with a special edition of electionspeakers.com right after the debate on Wednesday. And we encourage all of you to, for goodness sakes, get out there, look to it, listen to it, read about it, talk about it. And uh, feel free to comment to us about it if you'd like. And if you, if you want to do that, it's very easy. Simply drop an email to comments at electionspeakers.com. We get them from all over, so why not from you? Comments at electionspeakers.com. So we'll be with you at the special edition of electionspeakers.com right after the debate, two days from now, and uh, we hope you'll be with us. And until that time, then, this is Dr. Dennis Becker saying thanks for listening and bye for now. You've been listening to electionspeakers.com, a nonpartisan analysis of the speaking skills of major political candidates and others included in the 2008 U.S. presidential elections. Electionspeakers.com is posted every Monday.